Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. And, 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 and just give it a good dose of the Word. And so we've been talking about God's goodness and, uh, and uh, the, th- the real theme scripture for me Multiple other scriptures uh, uh, concur with what we're saying, but it's in Romans chapter 2, verse uh, 4, and it says, You're knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. That word repentance, metanoia, uh, it's telling you to change your mind, change your direction. And when the goodness is presented, it it grabs you, it grips you, and and changes you. In the New Living, it says, Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin. And so I want us to so represent the king and know his goodness so when we're out there, we're representing him accurately that we can communicate his goodness and understand that he's good because religion has told us some other stuff Um, and, and lecturers and all those kind of things tell us something that is not found in my Bible. My Bible talks about a good God. And so that goodness is what needs to be transferred through us. I wanted to tell you that sometimes you're talking, about, uh, talking to people that don't know Christ and you are, are wanting him to, to, to make a commitment to Christ. It's like our first time I met Valerie. I didn't say, okay, here's a ring, I wanna marry you. Right off the bat. I think I would have got a five-fold ministry slapped across the side because she didn't know who this hermit was that she was, uh, she was talking to. The same thing, we bring people to Jesus and say, we, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to marry Jesus now. Good Lord, have mercy. Who is this Jesus dude? I've heard all sorts of bad stuff about him. He's so bad that they hung him on the cross. You don't know what, all, the, all the stories that, they, that you hear out there. But if you can take somebody who is anti-Christ, not I want you to know it's, it's anti-Christ, not anti-God. Everybody has a God. But you say Jesus, now you start ruffling feathers. But if you can take somebody that is anti-Christ and shift him to say, oh, I don't know that about Jesus. I'm kind of open to it. You have brought him closer to salvation. So whatever you do, wherever you are, represent him accurately. And that's why I want, I've been driving into your hearts that God is good. And his goodness needs to be known. And so I'm going to just jump into a three-part series that I want to, want to um, um, reach out to you with in the next, next uh, couple of weeks. And I want to just be able to talk about it. And it's, it's how God's goodness shepherds us, is what I've titled the, uh, the series. How God's goodness shepherds us. And we're reminded here in Scripture that the Bible calls us sheep. <laughs> sheep, yeah. Of all the animals that, that you could call us, God, you call us sheep. Okay, and so in Psalm, Psalm 100 and uh, verse 3, it says, he, We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, those people that got water baptized last week, yay for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, declared something. You declared that Jesus is your shepherd. You, you, you aligned yourself with him. And uh, you announced him as, uh, as your shepherd and, and, and you, through the waters of baptism. I just want to let you know that next Sunday, some of the folk that got COVID and all that kind of stuff will all be ready and we are ready to bury you in the ocean again. So, so next, next Sunday, we're, you're up, okay? What happened to my pictures? Because I normally see the pictures back there. Now I just see a clock that's ticking and telling me to hurry up, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
But God only can shepherd those who choose to allow him to be shepherd. You understand that? You can, you, you can say no to God and say, no, I don't, actually, Jesus, I don't really need, you, need your help. But when we align with him, align with his family through Jesus Christ and allow him to become shepherd, then his goodness starts and is allowed into you. Why align yourself to Jesus? Because John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except through me, Jesus, through Jesus. So that's why Jesus is, and everybody says, well, it's very exclusive, this thing. Yes, it's very exclusive, the way to the Father, but it's very inclusive, who can go? Everybody, color, creed, education, whatever. It's very inclusive. And so, yes, it is only Jesus because Jesus is the son of God and he's the sinless lamb and he was the only one that legally could purchase us back. That's why it's, a, that, that's why it's so exclusive. It has to be Jesus. Not all roads lead to Rome. No, it doesn't. Jesus. So through our submission to Jesus, which requires us to willfully choose to uh, submit ourselves to Jesus as shepherd, I want, to, I want you to just throw this, throw this in. That your will is very powerful. It is more powerful than God. That'll get your attention. Because you can say no to God. And, and because he's given us a free will, it'll be no. I always say God so loves us that if you do not want to spend eternity with him, he loves us so much that he said, listen, I don't want to torture you for eternity and have you come and be with me if you don't want to be with me. That's how much he loves us. That's how stupid you are if you want to do that. <laughs> Lord Jesus, no. Hallelujah. John 10, 11 says, I am a good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. That's a good shepherd. And so the shepherd, is, his goodness is, is towards us. In verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. This is an incredible relationship. Like I keep telling people, it's not a sin issue any longer. It's a relationship issue. And that's what we've got to, we've got, we've got to have as we, as we um, communicate that. I'm pleased that Jesus is known as the good shepherd because us sheep are dumb. And we really need a good shepherd to keep, to keep us on track. Now, sheep, sheep, sheep can eat, but they can't find their food. They've got to be led to, to, be, to find food. Um, sheep need to be led and fed. We can read the Bible, but it's going to take the good shepherd by the Holy Spirit to reveal what it is. And it becomes that, people that don't know, that zoom zoom word. I've read it so many times, then suddenly it zooms off the page and just hits me. And I've read it so many times, even the simplest scripture, that God so loved the world. And it's, it's suddenly something just jumps off the page. Now, David was known as a, as a shepherd for his dads and his sheep. And he also became God's shepherd for his nation, the children of Israel. And so he can articulate the heart of a good shepherd better than anybody can because he knows what a good shepherd, the result of a good shepherd is. And so in Psalm 23, yeah, yeah, Psalm 23, but let's look with fresh eyes today on the Psalm 23. And I'm gonna just do the first three verses and speak to you about that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Those three verses I just wanted to draw this week. Four thoughts from, this, from, from that. Sorry, Maria, I normally have three thoughts, but today I've got four thoughts. Because that popped up to me last night, so I had to go and change my notes. Hallelujah. But I want to just say for this week, I want to talk to you about the good shepherd provides. You understand that the good shepherd provides. And next week, I'll talk about the good shepherd protects. And the following week, how the good shepherd has a promise for us. But verse 1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So the first thought I want to say is that the good shepherd provides our lack. Yes, we've got in the scripture says, you shall not want. But the accurate translation for that is that want is actually the lack. That's what a good shepherd does. He provides. First, you've got to see that David announces who, is he, who his shepherd is. The Lord is my shepherd. And so he places himself in, under that, 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 that shepherd mantle. And the good shepherd, as, and, that, and that's what he does he, with the good shepherd. He chooses, he declares, and he aligns himself with that. And he says, you shall not want. The good shepherd provides not what we, uh, he provides what we need, not what we want. Because I tell you what, we have all sorts of things on our, on our want list. And, um, and sometimes and most of the time, it's not good for you. You do not give an eight-year-old a loaded shotgun because he wants a shotgun loaded. No, there's certain things God says that will destroy you. I'm believing to win the lotto. No, you don't win the lotto because it'll mess you up. Because yes. then suddenly you don't need God. As dumb as that may be, you will, that's what will happen. Many times, our wants are not our needs, and it's not good for us. Our lack may be salvation. It may be deliverance. It may be direction. It may be provision. And it also, it may, may, it, um, provision, and it may be health and peace. It may be those things that we, we lack. It's like the children of Israel, they wanted a king. They wanted the, the political and, and military power needed for that. What they needed, they needed a Messiah. They needed a Savior. They needed a shepherd. So the first choice was what they wanted. The second choice is what God gave them. David, a shepherd. That's what they needed. The shepherd provides what you need. When I was in, uh, in Zimbabwe, we moved, and we only had a little hatchback Mazda 323 because the Everything that you took out of Zimbabwe when we had to leave had to be uh, eight years old, eight years owned, and you had to have receipts for it. You couldn't take your, your, your furniture out. You could only take uh, 1,200 Zim dollars out, and you go and launch to another country and start a new life. That's what we did. We left with a little tow trailer with behind a hat, Mazda hatchback, and I really wanted a good family car, but I couldn't because I was getting established in a new country. Uh, we had to start. I had to requalify in my trade as an electrician because they didn't recognize us, and eventually I got to a place where I got a good job, and here I wanted to labor myself with a vehicle, and the insurance and the maintenance I could not afford. And then suddenly I get a job that handed me my dream car and handed me a, a fuel card that handed me it fully insured. I tell you what, that's how my God and that's how my shepherd provides, amen? That's what happens with my God. And so when we look back, sometimes we are very thankful that God didn't answer some of our prayers. Yes. <laughs> okay, so exactly, you're very grateful. But if God answers the prayers three ways, yes? No, and not yet. That's how our father, because he loves us. He loves us. The good shepherd provides our lack. Verse two, it says, yeah, and, and he, may, 
he, uh, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The good shepherd provides contentment and peace. And man, do we need it on planet earth today. Contentment and peace. The shepherd with, uh, the sheep with green pastures and still waters doesn't wander around, doesn't wander away, doesn't go and look and search for anything else. It is totally content. And so we as believers should be recognized by our contentment and our peace. And I'm going to say as a shepherd, that's been found wanting because the whole world's been up in this crazy turmoil and, and, you, and contentment is, is not found, peace is not found. But Paul said, I have learned to be content. I've learned to have much and I've heard to, I learned to have little. He's learned to be content in the prison. He's learned to write the amazing scripture in prison. He's learned to be content. He goes and tells his spiritual son, Timothy, in chapter 6, verse 6, he says, godliness and contentment has great gain. And so contentment is what we are, need to so draw on the, on the shepherd and say, Jesus, I need, Holy Spirit, come help me to be content. Because you can live in this material world and just be hounded all around you continually by things that you've got to have, you need to have, you need to be there, you need to have this. I tell you what, it drives you to where you're not content and you're not in peace. And so that anxiety drives you. And, and that what if? What if the price goes up to $10 a gallon? What happens if suddenly China decides to declare war on America? What if? Forget about the what ifs. The shepherd has got us. Yes. Got us. And I want to just tell you, ask England. $10 a gallon is not a problem. Ask South Africa. $10 a gallon is not a problem. You still live and breathe and eat and have a roof over your head and clothes. Do not concern yourself. I talk from experience. Yes. Coming from those nations in Matthew 6, uh, 34, it says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. <laughs> That's common sense. Today's trouble is enough for today. His grace is sufficient for today. So let's just bring your thinking back. Hold on. And also, let draw a contentment circle around you, especially in this first world country. I tell you what, yes, when you're young and married, you need a certain, you need a house and everything. Then you get a kid, then you need an extra room. Then you need another kid in the next room. Then you need to pay for education. Then you need multiple cars because they're not going to go to college. And when, they, when it's all going to college, you're maxed out. You are stretched out. We all have got a big circle. But suddenly kids go, you only need a couple, uh, two cars or a bicycle. Bring your contentment in. Bring your contentment in. Otherwise, it does not stop. You've got to always have the next thing. And it doesn't bring contentment and peace. So we're living anxiously, fearfully, flustered, and faithless. Maybe it's because we're not following the good shepherd. So if you, it's very quiet in this, this crazy matic church here. Hallelujah. 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 Maybe we're following... News media, social media, gossip media, whatever we're following, guard your heart with all diligence because I tell you what, it doesn't allow the shepherd to, to, to bring you to contentment and peace. We've got to be submitted unto that. Allow him to lay us down in green pastures and still waters. I, I believe that sheep are, are drawn to are still waters. They don't drink so well on running waters. 
You know when they want to rush you through the shop or rush you out of a restaurant, they put this busy music on? You just have to put a wild electric guitar on and I'm out the building. Yeah. Just drop, just, it's like scratching chalkboard with your nails. It just, ah! So anyway, those that play electric guitar like that, God bless you. Hallelujah. Um, that's fine. <laughs> all right, maybe. So yeah, to so guard our hearts with all diligence. And, and, and maybe when you're in your home or in your work, or in your, in your car, you can stop at any time and bring contentment and peace into your life, just like that as a believer. You can. You must. You must bring yourself to that place and stop right now, right now. If we all close your eyes, control your thinking, and say, Father, shepherd me. Anywhere. You can have that. Amen. Stop and allow him to shepherd us. Shepherd us. And sometimes it's, um, we've got to position ourselves so that we can do that. We need time with him. We need time with his family. I tell you what, I get so encouraged when I hang around the church family. Because they, I, I get this positiveness and excitement of what God's doing. I was just listening to, to, to John Cathy here. They, they were at the restaurant when we were doing water baptism, and we literally stopped the restaurant because they all peered over the side and saying, what was happening on the beach? And it just encourages me that the church is being seen, doing what the Bible needs us to do. So it, it's important, and it's, it, we need to gather like this. I remind, I'm reminded of Bob Mumford, who is, uh, he was an incredible Bible teacher that Cathy McNally knows. And he used to work, for the, work in the Navy. He served in the Navy. He was on, on one of these uh, um, aircraft carriers with thousands of guys on board. I don't know what ranking runs an aircraft carrier. I don't know if it's an admiral or whatever. But sometimes those boys are down in the hole, day in, day out, week in, week out, loading ammunition, cleaning stuff, fixing stuff, never see daylight, go to their room, uh, sleep, go to the canteen, eat, go work. And so he periodically would... Call them all on deck. Get into your number ones. Get up there, flag the fly the flag. Start singing the national anthem. And, 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 and suddenly you come out and you realize, I'm part of something fantastic, yes. amazing. Because you are in your little hole and your little hovel and your little home and you never move anywhere and you never go anywhere and you never invite anybody. And you wonder why you're so miserable and why you're not content and why you're not peaceful. Yes. Come on. So I thought Barry gave it to you last week. I could give it to you this week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I tell you what, self will push you the other way. It'll push you away to from fellowship, from worship. It'll push you away from intimacy, from rest and having a Sabbath. It'll push you away. Why? Because that's how it's designed out there. The God of this world will rattle your cage and run you around by the nose. And if you don't grab yourself and say, Jesus shepherd me, you're in trouble. Hallelujah. It's like a refuel truck. Ever thought of that? It goes to, from one fuel station to another, filling up the tank so we have fuel. But sometimes it has to stop and fuel itself. Yeah. Otherwise, it ain't going to fuel nobody else. And you people are fueling people. You're giving to people. You need to stop and fuel yourself and find contentment and peace. Because from that place, it's unbelievable what God can talk to you and say to you when you say, hurry on, Rod. Next point. Hallelujah. <laughs> Verse 3, it says, he restores my soul. The good shepherd provides healing and restoration. How many of us had, have had a, a, a broken spirit and just a broken heart? And who has had, a, I mean, a discouraged and downcast soul? 
I, and if you haven't, give me the recipe, how you do it. Because you live in this fallen world, you're going to take the hits. And Psalm 43, uh, verse 5, it, it talks about David. David is talking to his soul. Why? Because we're a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in this earth suit. This earth suit's going to drop off. I've got a next, another body upgrade that's coming. Better than this one. This one's done fine, but it's gonna get, I'm going to get a better one. And he says this, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquiet? That's what New King James said. Put your hope in God. And your soul is, is downcast. It struggles. It has, has challenges. And, and, and it gets beat up. And Jesus um, wants us to know that we live in a war zone. He understands that we're going to, but he says, I've come to restore your soul. If you spend time with me, I'll restore your soul. He, in fact, he speaks from a, on a Sabbath day in, the, in one of the, the synagogues there. He speaks about himself from the, prophet, from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And it says in Luke 4 and 18, and we read from it today. And he has sent me, the good shepherd, to heal the brokenhearted. Maria, Maria read that today. Some of the scripture in Matthew 12, 20. It says in a bruised reed, he will not break. Look at the heart of the shepherd. He's not there with, the, with his, his rod and staff beating the snot out of us. He's loving us. He wants us to win. He wants us to be on top of things. And he wants to be there to help us. And so when he heals a, a withered hand of a man or a withered hand on the Sabbath day, the religious people get all over him. And so in Matthew 12, 11, it says, here, What man is there among you who has one sheep, not a whole herd of sheep, one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. And how much more value then is a man than a sheep? So I don't know about the animal lovers. They must be like the sheep more than the man. I understand that. Save the whale is getting a lot of money. But I tell you what, here you see the heart of who's, who is so callous in their heart. He says, I'm the good shepherd and this is what I do. So if we've landed in a pit or we've landed in a ditch or we've landed on hard times and our souls crushed and our hearts are discouraged, know that we have a savior. I don't care if the family have caused it, others have called it, church leadership have caused it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I apologize for that. Circumstances has caused it and life, man, life is it, it gonna, it's gonna deal with, you're gonna deal with bumps in life. But understand this, the good shepherd is here to hold us, help us, and heal us and restore us. He's here. You've got to believe that. When you submit yourself to the, she the, the good shepherd, you must believe that. You must believe that he wants. He's in the restoring business, church. He's in the restoring. Even if you dug the pit yourself and you've messed up yourself, God wants us up and out of it. That's what he wants. And you've got to believe that. It's not God punishing you. I don't know where you read that in your Bible. It's not his heart, not a loving God that I serve, doesn't punish. We walk out from under the umbrella and the enemy whacks us. Yeah, but that's not God. It says in Psalm, uh, Psalm 51, 12, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. So the good shepherd will give us a restart, a reset, and give us a restore. Because he wants us to restore ourselves. He is gracious, he's forgiving, he's loving, and he heals Yes, we fall. Yes, we fail. Yes, we get hurt. Yes, we get crushed in this world. But he says, I'm the good shepherd and I will restore your soul. Verse three goes on to say, 
lead me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What do you keep saying? Oh, it's people on the... That's one. I don't know who those two crazy guys are, but stay away from them. Hallelujah. But the good shepherd provides a way to, to righteousness. We understand that, man. I was messed up. I knew if Jesus showed up, I was in trouble because of where I was living and how I was living. But when I sat in that service in that school hall back in Africa and the guy said, listen, sin has been paid for. I was a happy camper. I responded to that love and I sorted my relationship out and said, dad, thanks for sending Jesus and paying for my sins. I can now say yes to Jesus and face my father and and it's good to go. There's a way of righteousness, a way of right standing, being guilt-free, shame-free, sin-free, justified. Justified, I'd never sinned. You can in Christ as you invite him into your life. So those that have come to Christ and accepted him as your, as your shepherd is free and righteous. It's free and righteous, church. You've got to have that established rock solid under your feet because the pressures and the cares of this world and the enemy lies will try and knock you off that perch. Religion will try and nail you and say, you've got to earn your righteousness. There's no hope in China for me to even get close to being righteous enough because the scripture says my righteousness is like filthy rags. There's just, it's just, it's, it's, I can't, I can't, I can't. There's just no ways. And I tell you what, and the good shepherd will lead us in the paths of righteousness, in the ways of sanctification. As we walk with him, as we talk with him, he says, Rodder, it's enough of that now. It happened to me in the military. I gave my life to Christ at, at the school. I wasn't discipled. So I said, okay, well, I think that's a set deal. That's all I have to do, say yes to Jesus. But I realized I needed to be discipled in, in a way of walking and living and, and talking with my new savior that I'd found. And I didn't know anything about that. And then I, I recommitted my life when I went to the military the next year and, and reconnected. And I realized I, there was a walk that God is inviting me to. And so when I got out there in, as a military guy and I was instructing and I was swearing the wallpaper off the wall, suddenly I got this little voice saying, I don't think you're representing me very accurately here. <laughs> and it took two weeks for me to change my whole language and people that have been in the military understand that we have flowery language in the military to bring it to a place where I could instruct totally calm, totally content, and have brilliant results, brilliant results. And God, and that was that listening to that voice and say, no, no. As, I mean, many times I wanted to have some flowery words come out and the Holy Spirit will grab you and say, I don't think so. <laughs> and that he will, that's, what, that's him taking us on the paths of righteousness, the journey, the process, the path, of right living, right thinking, right believing, right behaving is a journey. Are we going to get the steps 100%? No. I had my elder confessing to me this morning first thing so he could have a good time of worship about, I don't know, he just lost his toys this week. But we're real. We are going to be in those people. I just told on you, elder. (laughs) Hallelujah. But the righteousness of God received by grace through faith not by works, not by works. No, sorry, Jerry, you okay? You can handle it, eh? <laughs> but listen, I confessed lying to the whole church, to Maria once, because everything that you ship at this one shipping place has got to be 50 pounds. 
And so I, she said, is everything 50 pounds? I said, yes. And then the Holy Spirit was saying, that's a lie. And you lied to the, to the elders' wife. What is that? So the whole church had to confess. I was standing right here and I said, Maria, I lied. It was one of the packages were 52 pounds, but I was not going to unpack it at the end of the day. I was so exhausted. <laughs> so, Jerry, you and I have told each other, so I don't glow in the dark, church. I do not glow in the dark. I'm walking this thing, and I know that my father loves me. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Sin affects us, hinders us, and distances us. God stays in his, in his place. It's us that cause the problem. It's us that, uh, that, 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 that God says, listen, I see you covered in the blood of Christ. I see you righteous. I see you acceptable because I'm in the robe of righteousness. But it's when I come to the, to, to the table and I don't have the things right and I have opened the door and I have the issue. Alex? Yes, sir. You went in the waters of baptism. You look like you can act like God today. You want to come up and join me? Absolutely. Come and stand right here, my brother. And this is where God's standing, okay? So you represent God? Yes. You look like you're big enough. Thank you, sir. Hardly. Do you not understand God that is in you? Eh? Yes, sir. Anybody who's received Christ has Christ in him. Hallelujah. So, so from this, this point of view, he's absolutely in love with me. He sees me as righteous. Why? Because I'm covered in the blood of Christ. So I come this side, and I'm walking with him, and I'm, and I'm doing my best, and then suddenly, I'm doing something. Who put that in between my relationship? Me. And here I'm trying to have intimacy, and I've got this thing in my way. And so it's us that has the issue, not God. God still hasn't moved. I have the issue. I have the, the thing that I'm bringing to the intimacy language, uh, to the table. I'm the one that's causing it. So until I do what 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I come. We confess our sins. And Jesus is faithful. He says, I, I know, I've still forgiven you. Still, I'm still in the same position as I was when I came off the cross. I'm forgiven. Forgive yourself. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to a Catholic church or something? <laughs> so I want to close that. We bring the disorder to our life. We bring the dysfunction to our life. We bring those things to our lives, and we need to bring it to the Father and say, Father, listen, I, this is what I've messed up. And um, let me just read this, because grace flows when we are walking in the paths of righteousness. And we cause such challenges on our world when we, we step and we put these things in between our relationship. We have that in our marriage and all that. We create these wedges. We open the door. But he says, if we confess it, we recognize and say, this is it. This is it. But say, here, yeah, Psalm 32, and as I close, it says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. I know that when I realized my sins are forgiven, it was a weight off me whose sin is put out of sight. He puts it into the sea of forgetfulness if you understand the scriptures if you confess it, he says, that's it. The blood covers it. It's washed. When you come to him two minutes later and said, do you remember? He says, no, I don't remember. It's in the, sin of, uh, in the sea of forgetfulness. Yes, what joy 
for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Church, don't fool yourself. You think that you don't put it on the table, God doesn't know about it. Don't fool yourself. He knows everything. So spill the beans on yourself. Just say it like it is. Say, God, I have this lust problem. Help. I have this anger issue. Help. I can't forgive this person. Lay it on the table. Don't try and disguise it with any religious language. It doesn't fly with God. God says, listen, I know you. Be honest. Completely honest. And when I refuse to confess my sin, look, listen to what David is saying. He's talking from experience. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. Not hand of punishment. It is like Alex standing here and having his loving hand on me. And I'm sitting there knowing my father absolutely loves me. But I've got this stupid issue that I haven't cleared up with him. That's, what, that's why that hand feels heavy. But that's a hand of love that is holding us, saying, don't run away, run to, run to, come and run to. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Floridians know all about the heat and evaporate. Finally, when he came to his senses, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt because he knows you. He knows you. He can read your mail. Allow him to read your mail before somebody else comes and reads your mail. Hallelujah. I stopped hiding my guilt. And he said to, I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to God. And you gave me. You forgave me and my guilt is gone. Church, it's just having that relationship. Be honest. Don't try and be something you're not. Just be real. And I've got to go to the Father and say, Dad, I've got issues. Because I don't want that guilt on me. I don't want that because it's all been paid for. And I, he understands we're walking in a fallen world and we live in this earth suit and it has its challenges. And doesn't bring the best out in us. Sin did not affect God's relationship with David, but David's relation, it affected David's relationship with God. And that's what happens with us. So the shepherd wants to just bless us and allow his goodness to touch us. And he wants to shepherd us into, into his righteousness. But it's going to require us to call it what it is in my life. And there's things that I, can't, I cannot get away with. You can get away with it. I can't get away with it. Because as I journey in my life with God, there's certain things. He says, right, I want you to stop that now. You're an influencer over people's lives. Now you need to take the higher ground. You need to walk a, a different walk. Because tell you what, people, they're not reading the Bible. They're reading you and me. So just, just remember that, okay? So the good shepherd will always treat us as tens. He will always love us as tens. He will always see me as a 10, even though I'm behaving like a minus five. No matter what, he does not stop and he treats me like I'm a 10. That's what he does. So a good shepherd will lead us in the paths of righteousness. I want us to understand that there's quite a, a, a number of things. He says, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Do you understand sheep are led? Goats are driven. 
religion drives. Believing in Jesus, he leads. We follow. And if you don't follow, the enemy gets you. You get left behind. And we know from, from watching um, the animal programs, the animal that leaves the herd is lunch for the lion. Okay? So don't become lunch, okay? So we need to be shepherded. You can either allow yourself to shepherd you, the world to shepherd you, or religion to shepherd you. But I want the good shepherd to shepherd me. And so it's, it's, it's that, that's the decision that we need to look at today. So I don't glow in the dark church as I may have told you. I need Jesus to lead me beside green pastures into still waters. He needs to help me restore my soul. And our journey must be ones on paths of righteousness. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We love you. Thank you that as a good shepherd, you're in reach. You're a prayer away. Father, we allow you to shepherd our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, at this time, we just ask that you would come and speak to us right now what your word is, is pressing on us. What button are you pushing in our lives? We don't want to avoid it any longer. We want to just do business right now. Thank you that we can come to you as the good shepherd, knowing that you've paid for our sins. And whatever thing would, would stop us being content and at peace, would you lead us to pastures green and to still waters? And I sense there's some that our souls have just been bashed up, smashed up. I want to encourage you today. The shepherd is fantastic at restoring your soul. Would you allow him to pour in the oil and the wine, the kind that restores the soul? Would you allow that today? He's not going to come and barge into your home or your life and in into your heart and into your soul without an invitation. Say, Jesus, here I am. Here I am. Here's this heart of mine that's breaking. This, here's my heart that's aching. Here's my soul that's been crushed. Would you come in? Would you come in? And touch me like I know you can touch me and heal me like I know you can heal me. And Father, this journey of righteousness, it's a path that you've invited us to, to walk. Holy Spirit, you've come to be our tutor to keep us in that path. Shepherd us, I pray. Allow us to be a church family that's totally honest with you. And whatever we bring to the light, darkness will not have any hold any longer over it. And so I thank you that you, you set your people free today as they bring it to the light and say, Father, this is my issue. Confess it. He wants to break the power over it and set you free whether there's guilt with it, whether there's shame with it. Allow Holy Spirit to come in by the hand of the great shepherd, the good shepherd. Allow him, allow him.
And as we journey down the week, Holy Spirit's gonna remind you of other things. Journey with it. Journey with it. Embrace it. And for those that haven't accepted Christ and haven't invited him into your life as, as the shepherd, we as a church would always pray before we leave invite, uh, and allowing those that want to invite Jesus into their life to do so. And we want to, church, pray out loud and encourage those that want to pray to pray to invite Jesus as you and I and all those that responded to Jesus have done before. How I did it in that school hall 45 years ago. Let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God, that you died on that cross for me. You paid for my sins. Today, I invite you into my life to be my shepherd, to be my Lord, to lead me beside still waters and into pastures green. I call you Lord in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer, shoot me a text, write me a note, leave it at the connect card and say, I'm home. I'm home. I want to pray with you. I want to connect with you. Hallelujah. Father, as we go, we go in joy and peace and excitement that we serve a good, good God. We love you, my God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, if you want prayer, come on up. Have a great week. God bless you.